This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Uh, good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. Honey Woods of North Central Florida, God's Country, in the Melvin Law Studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida, fighting gator, and uh, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. Locally owned, locally protected, and sponsored by such great sponsors as Julia Ocasio Allstate Insurance, Full Service Insurance, RR Construction, uh, On-the-Spot Cleaner, Style Cuts, You'll see them at the break at the half. Well, well, well. Kind of temperature is perfect if you like 46 right now to maybe 72 later today. I mean, that's not bad. But it's not great, but it's not bad. Could be worse. We'll get into that too at the bottom of the hour. Well, we've got our phone line open, and you should not be shy. This is your chance, 352-707-9101. And I am drinking a cup of Caliber coffee. So might you, once in a while, uh, make a purchase of Caliber coffee. It's a um, product that um, you use Ward 15, you get 15% off. And that's better than even going to Sam's, I think, from what I hear. Well, today is going to be largely a local issue, but it's not entirely local. Because when is money ever confined to just a local discussion? But, you know, to give you a little background on my familiarity with this subject, monies and campaigns or narrow it some or monies and people who are in public jobs. They may be there and didn't run, but they're nevertheless handling the public trust and the public money. So as a way of background, In the early 2000s, I was a Democrat. And I didn't really realize then, for any measure what I know now, wasn't involved too much in that particular subcategory of human behavior. And a good friend who had influence in high places came to me and said, I want to run for the county commission. Well, I didn't know anything. 
I didn't even have a campaign manager. I didn't even have a fundraiser. They just all thought I had name recognition. Everybody knew me. and knew I was a good guy, quote-unquote. President of the College Senate. Worked with Senator Graham. <clears throat> all these different things that my friends told me about. So, here I am. Duped, I guess, or naive enough, or curious enough, all of the above, to, okay, well, one of the first things I realized was it was a primary system. And there are open and closed primaries. And we have an um, closed primary system. It's open unless somebody wants to close it. And when you close it, just have a third party all of a sudden decide, I'd like to run two, and declares a write-in. And that keeps the Republicans from voting in the Democrat primary. Republicans may not have a candidate, or vice versa. The Democrats voting in the Republican primary, because the Democrats may not have a a candidate. In my case... The Republicans loved me because I was basically conservative and sensible. And about half of the Democrats, old Democrats, if you will, loved me. But I was in a primary, which at that time was open until it was closed by a write-in who nobody ever saw, who knew wasn't sincere, but it closed the primary. And so all the Republicans who were going to vote for me couldn't vote for me. I'm told by the supervisor, about 25,000. 25,000 people were excluded from voting for me, along with however many thousand voted for me as Democrats, because of the writing. So I lost. Not by a lot, but by enough. And I found out that the Democrat Party was not run by business-minded Democrats. It was run by the Mike Byerly, whom I was running against, the so-called tree hugger, who never saw a road he refused to build, who never saw a tree he wouldn't protect. And it was a first encounter I ever had with an ideology, uh, a religion, if you will, And the other thing I learned was about money. You can't do anything without money. What do you spend the money on? Getting your so-called brand out there. So that the name, Ward Scott, in my case is associated with something in the political world. Because the first thing I realized, my friends all know me, but how big is their circle of friends? If you want to test that, go stand in front of a Walmart and see how many people coming out of there know you. And then realize they vote. 
but they don't know you. How do you get them to know you? Well, there's a whole science to that. You hire a consultant who knows the mail-outs, where to target them, how to get them there. So I learned all this stuff. The other thing I learned was about financial disclosures. The so-called, as I call it today, the onerous form six. Now, Form 6 is for state and county. For the smaller municipalities, you don't have to fill out a Form 6. Well, the legislature recently corrected that. They said, well, if the state has to fill out a financial disclosure and the bigger cities have to fill out a financial disclosure, counties have to fill it, why not everybody have to do it? Particularly, and this has to be on the discussion, when you see what they're doing to Trump. Now, what a finance, everybody knows what they're doing to Trump is being done for political reasons. And it also should teach you why business people don't run for public office. Because the people with whom they do business don't want to be dragged into the discussion. So what we have is lopsided. If you don't have a business, a Form 6 yes or no means nothing. It means nothing to Byerly. He doesn't have a business. So give it to me. Let me fill it out. So what you end up having, because there's no requirement in the smaller municipalities to have a Form 6, and in the larger ones, there is, but what it does It just clears the table so only those who don't have businesses run. And so you don't have very many Republicans because most Republicans have businesses. Most Republicans are not academics. So there's a lot of kind of stuff lying around that's not well done. And the legislature realized, well, the easiest way to do this is simply have everybody do one, regardless of municipal size you're governing. I fell out many of them. Lots of people, rather than fill them out, just submit their income tax return. So the point is, you're giving up your privacy to be a public I don't want to call it servant because in the case of the county commission, they're paid about 85 grand a year. Their salary is based on the formula tied to the number of people in the county. 
The larger the county, the greater the salary. And the city of Gainesville is tied to whatever they vote themselves that they can get away with. In the smaller cities, it might be that they might not even have a salary. But that's getting very rare. They get something. And they've got to pay their city managers or they're not going to have the city managed. Now, Gainesville, when it had the utilities from which it could draw the cash cow, were paying outlandish salaries to themselves and staff. But you take a town like the one we're going to begin with, High Springs. High Springs, for a long time, and I love to ride down 441 through High Springs and look at the motels there. Those motels were there. When I rode down 441, in 1961 to come to the University of Florida from military school in Alabama. They haven't changed a bit. 441 hasn't changed a bit. A beautiful four-lane boulevard, tree-line with the mom and pop, as we call them, motels on either side. And High Springs, for the longest time, was perfectly content to remain quasi-city. It fought off growth. It didn't even want alcohol at restaurants. We're in the city limits. Because when you got alcohol, then you got people from outside the community coming with businesses. High Springs wanted to be exactly what the name says, a Springs community. Because it's known all over the world for its underground water systems and caves. Yichitutney. Places like this. This is what High Springs was about. And, you know, you could just about walk down to the courthouse, well, to the municipal building, and walk in and say, geez, I'd like to be a city council member for a while. And say, okay, sign up. We need you. Or it could be like the beginning days of a watch one. When I first came to Lodgeville, I asked the city manager, what can I do with this land? The city of Lodgeville had no planning department, had no zoning to speak of. He says, just about anything you want to. Not now. Not now. Progress has arrived. Growth has arrived. Well, it's just now arriving 
comparatively speaking, and high springs. And it just recently became, quote-unquote, a wet community. Now, a wet community means you can have a beverage with your meal, which is a level of sophistication that would elevate High Springs or any other municipal government out of the quaint little cluster of buildings by the side of the road. And so you had a restaurant like the Great Outdoors. People were excited about it. A few more, all of a sudden, you can go out and be entertained. Uh, you can come from out of town and drive back to Gainesville. Say you went somewhere. This, this was wonderful. But it has brought with it new problems. More issues with money, how to handle it. And more issues with who knows whom. I think the municipal government that is most like that still is the one I managed, and that's Archer. The problem with Archer was, I haven't been there for a while, they didn't pay any attention to any rules. The strongest personality on the dais told the others to shut up. If the city manager told that strong personality that he or she were violating the rules, then they fired the city manager. I mean, it was just run like, oh, well, today I think I'll borrow the tools from the city and have the city workers rig my yard. It went on. <clears throat> to some extent right now, it's still mangled. It's the redheaded stepchild of the county. Nobody knows what goes on there. And it's right down the road from the university. And all the hospital employees. So you can live in Archer, in the country, if you will, and in 15 minutes be at work. But it has the whole town on septic tanks. It has, therefore, no way to create businesses of any consequence. So High Springs has looked at this, watched this, and watched Newberry. Newberry, much different story. People coming right through Newberry from the cheaper county, if you will, to work here and then to take their tax money out of this county to a different county. Been going on forever, but Newberry has things it can attract them to as they go through it. So its level of sophistication of governance has commensurately grown. It has one of the most competent city governments in the county, maybe the most. Lachua has become much more professionally run. Can't say that about Archer yet. 
Laycross is on the other side. Not much goes on there that anybody paid attention to. Hawthorne, it's on the other side. It's more Putnam County than it is Alachua. <clears throat> Wonderful community, but, you know, nobody much pays attention to it. Micanopy, very sophisticated community. And it has some pretty sophisticated people involved with it. And it has an identity and a way of life that it fights to protect. So right now the spotlight is on High Springs because we have a recently elected Seth Johnson for Main Street News. Does a good job of covering this. A guy who resigned because of Florida's Form 6. <clears throat> now let me share with you what a Form 6 does. Here is a Form 6. It is the Form 6. Or Ken Cornell. This is public information. He's a county commissioner. He has to fill it out when he runs. You can go down and look at it. And one of the ways I found it used against me, there are people who, during campaigns, spy on every transaction that's done in your name as a candidate. The Form 6 is a part of it. Who contributes to you is a part of it. There was a lady who has since passed God rest her soul, who was obsessed with hawking the financial actions associated with growth candidates of whom she considered me to be one. She would feed that information to the Gainesville Sun. And I remember at a critical time in the election, rhythm when I was running Cindy Swerko we called her the Birkenstock writer the hippie girl wrote an article about me that said at a headline Scott takes money from developers well the evil word in Alachua County and the city of Gainesville, races, political races, is developer. And then when they printed that headline, Busily Shire, Barley, would go around and say, Scott wants to pave over your trees. So these financial disclosures have a shelf life of infinity. 
They don't go away. You can go down and see mine. And you know that going into the deal. Except that the legislature changed the rules of the game or the cities like I Springs and said, you guys need to fill out a Form 6-2. Ken Cornell's Form 6, right here, I'm reading it right here, says that his net worth as of December 31st, 2022, was 893000 $592.36. Is that accurate? Well, they say Trump's isn't. They say he inflated his value. Nobody's ever going to scrutinize this, by the way except to associate you with certain people like developers. The dollar, I've never known anybody to really be concerned about the dollars or with whom you're doing business. And we know that Ken Cornell is making about 85000 as a county commissioner. We have here on his form as on everybody's form, any assets individually valued over $1,000. There's cash. Yes, it's close. How much cash in the bank? And the assets are defined as follows. Household goods and personal effects may be reported in a lump sum if their aggregate value exceeds $1,000. And it goes on. Talk about jewelry, stamp collections. I don't know. I used to see uh, politicians with their forms, like Rodney Long's. He would take money that his donators had given him and what they thought was an exchange for him to go print mail outs to make Rodney Long known. He'd actually use it on his dry cleaning. He knew how to do that kind of stuff. I mean, there's vague categories that you can And the reason that becomes important, the reason that becomes important is because these people manage the truth. So if they're not being truthful with what they're spending their donation money on, or they're not being truthful, does that with whom they did business with, maybe a big deal, um, with whom they have a, a um, um, 
maybe a partnership. How much do you trust them to manage the public money? Is the thinking here. Now, the thinking is, now, no matter how small the community is, the same principle holds true. So, they also want to know about your liabilities. He has listed his liabilities. He has listed his assets. They also want to know about his income. Now, this is interesting. Income. He's a realtor for Boston. Um, you remember Tina Certain, once again, a public official, complaining about Colliers in this school board land purchase on 241. How ugly that got. Does Cornell have to recuse himself from that? If it comes to some sort of vote, should he recuse himself from that? If I were the manager, yes, he should. In a small town, we had a commissioner, where I was, who was the real estate agent for the town. And she was a professional real estate agent. So she was going out and appraising the property that the town had. Did she know people? She could then hook up to buy that property and get a cut of it? First thing I did to her, said, you got to recuse yourself. You can't vote on this. You can't be the appraiser for the city property. You're done. I'm the only one who's done that. Now, this is just Ken Cornell. Fully signed. The latest signatures on this, June 7, 2023. And it's a Form 6. We're going to take a break here because we got a bottom of the hour. Also want to check. we got the phone line open. Got a question, and I want to ask uh, you to hang on until we get back with the weather. Get right back on Ward's weather. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. 
All right, coach. Last year, the best party in Gator Nation was a Spurrier's Bison's Rooftop. But now, we're in 23, we're celebrating this year. What the restaurant has planned for this year, New Year's Eve? That's right. We got usual great food here at Spurrier's. We got wonderful music, and it's the best way to ring in 2024. It's going to be advisors. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com. And click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Word Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Ward's weather report, by golly. 46 right now, according to my computer. Going up to 72, and we're supposed to be getting a rain, a big rain. There you go. And it's supposed to be rain, snow, and chilly on the West Coast, and some pretty extreme weather up in the Northeast, and we're supposed to get smashed a little bit. So we'll see. It's the best I can do for you right now. It's uh, very iffy always, unless you're talking about climate change. Talking about climate change. Well, there you go. Um, any questions you got, the chat line is open. I am going through the history of my experience with Form 6s, public disclosures, and speculating a little bit with you about the pluses and minuses. Um, the problem is, You can't have it for some and not for all. That's one problem that's identified. The other problem, and I'm not sold on this one, because I've been there, you won't get anybody to run who has to disclose 
his personal business. The reason I could be sold on that is because those who are business people have more business to disclose than those who aren't. Now, Chuck Chestnut, Chestnut Funeral Home, that's a business. Ken Cornell is an accountant. He's also a real estate agent for Bossart. That probably is the most ticklish of all relationships you've heard publicly discussed lately in Alachua County. You know the history of that, and we covered that pretty thoroughly. In High Springs, do you want to play with the big boys or not? Because the big boys, they're not going to change it for the big boys. And by that I mean a certain professional level of developing the community. High Springs going from its quaint, attractive, lightsome type of identity to merging almost with Alachua and eventually merging with Newberry because of the pressure in Florida on people coming here. And of course, the people who are taking the money out of the county go to Columbia County in High Springs and drive over here or go to Gilchrist County in Newberry and drive over here. Micanope, not so much. You're in Micanope, you're in Micanope. Now, High Springs has decided to not fill its empty seat and to let the public vote on whoever next declares to run. I think it's a good idea. Let's see that. You'll have a lot of two-to-two votes, maybe. This is all part of the growth of the city. and growing pains. That was a wonderful article that talks about this in several counties that was sent to me by a member of the research team. It takes a look at Naples. It takes a look at North Palm Beach Village Council. It takes a look at St. Pete Beach City Council, Cedar Key, Williston, all these different places. So why are so many small-town elected officials across Florida abruptly resigning? Because this, among the other new laws that took effect on January 1st, a few days ago, They have to reveal their finances 
in detail for the first time. So a change to the Ethics Commission laws requires city and municipal elected officials to fill out Form 6. The same disclosure form, disclosure form that state and county elected officials have had to fill out for years. Now, officials must reveal their entire network. Cornell says this is almost a million. I, I would say that that's low. Including the dollar amount of bank accounts, 401k plans, other assets, household goods, personal effects. Nobody comes through and microanalyzes that. Trust me. Take a look around your room and see if your, your house and see if your furniture is a bunk of junk or it's got some expense to it. And estimate it. Nobody's going to come in there. And, you know, it's not going to happen. Now, it could if you're a Trump. It could. So... Anyone who would be appointed to fill a vacancy, such as in High Springs, would need uh, to elected office, would also need to uh, fill out Form 6. Now, this, as I said, you can slap your federal income tax return down there and be done with it. All this is to bring parity to what local elected officials do as to what state constitutional officers have to do. Whether or not you get any more professional representation from those officers, I would say no. I would say no relationship. In fact, you can get worse because we're still talking about party politics. Scott takes money from developers. I'll remember the headline forever. How unfair. But it was written by the Gainesville Sun, Birkenstock writer, who personally belonged to these no-growth organizations, fed to her by the no-growth organizations, and peeled away from the supervisor elections by the person who was there every day. See, there's no headline that the Gainesville Sun would have written that would have read, let's see how we can make it. Um, Barley takes pennies from Environmentalist piggy banks, which was a rumor he did. Oh, he only finances his campaign with money he gets from piggy banks. He's so pure. Well, there you go. There you go.
I don't know how many of these excuses I believe on people who have resigned. Some of them see it as an invasion of privacy. If you thought for one moment you were going to be a public official, public official, and have any privacy, you don't need to be a public official. If you're going to try to tell us that now you got to get a CPA to help you fill it out. No, you don't. No, you don't. And if you just say these disclosures are just too much for municipal bodies, then I'll have to Tell everybody about the antiques I got in my house. That ain't the purpose. And it's not the purpose to find out if you're a multimillionaire. You know, Trump never took a salary. Trump never took a salary. Where's that written? And the Naples vice mayor, a fellow named Mike McCabe, says that the uh, here were some of the dangers in Form 6. One individual who's sitting in the audience, who's sitting somewhere in the public, who doesn't like what you've said, doesn't like what you voted on, can file an ethics complaint, and say you did not disclose to the fullest capabilities and to the completeness, and it's off to the races. In other words, weaponizing this. Let me give you an example right now of how this is flawed, at least in this way. Brian Crane, the supervisor of elections, okay? I mean, the state attorney. Brian Crane, the state attorney, hires people to work for him. We caught the Ward Scott files, we caught apparently, let's put apparently on there, what we wondered about. Tony Jones, as an employee, while Tony Jones was an employee of the city. Call it out on the show. How'd that happen? We comb certain things routinely, daily, with the help of contributions from you all, by the way. We comb documents daily, routinely, 
Never know what's going to show up. That popped up. Wasn't disclosed. Kramer was not running for office. Kramer was hiring somebody who was not running for office, but who had once upon a time run for office. But now had been appointed office. Nothing in this about Form 6 and being appointed office unless you're replacing somebody who quit. That I'm aware of. Derry Lloyd is the chief investigator for the state attorney's office. He's hired by his boss, Brian Kramer. The rumors we keep hearing is that he is soon going to be made in charge of the Riker House since As a youth, he's a product of the Riker House in some form or fashion. Will that be a salaried position? He's not going to do it for nothing, I would assume. Is that a public office? Meanwhile, This is a public document. I'm going to quote Derry Lloyd. If he were running for public office, would have to disclose this if he were running and he were not working for Kramer. Kramer wouldn't have to report it because it's not Kramer's debt. Derry Lloyd owes a credit card company. Wells Fargo, $7,085.85, and has owed it for a year. And now, Wells Fargo is taking legal action against him. Now that, if Derry Lloyd was running, if it were an office you were elected to to run Riker House, and he didn't report that, that would be a problem. Now the question is, the question is, he'll be handling money. How well does this indicate that he can handle money? So the question is, another question I haven't heard asked, is it fair that those who run for the office were this managing of the Riker Arts, a public office, would it be fair that they would have to disclose the full extent of their liabilities and assets, but if they were being appointed and not appointed to replace somebody, would they have to re- report it? 
And you can ask yourself that question and see what answer you come up with. I suspect that the Form 6 is here to stay. I don't believe the resignation of people like Steve Stampain and Ice Springs, some of these other communities about the state, is going to change the decision the legislature has made. I don't think. But you know, I've been wrong before. Oh, have I? I don't believe I have been. Now, Tampain says in his resignation letter, he would not have an issue completing Form 6 and having the form kept by the ethics board only to be reviewed should an ethics complaint be made. But he says the form being accessible to the public seems unnecessarily invasive. The problem, Mr. Tampain, may I suggest, you are a public official 24 7 365 no matter where you are or whom you're with. B. Green Hanran complained once upon a time that her conversations in a public coffee shop with her friends were her conversations. No, no, they weren't. When Pegin talked, it was a public talk. And when her friends heard it, they had heard it from a public person. When they talked to her, it was a private talk. It's pretty tricky. And it doesn't, you don't have a right to expect privacy in the public coffee shop. Particularly when she was discussing Ed Braddy and his wares in life, who was also a public official. And Jeff McAdams, who was also a public official. And we exposed that on the radio on the Ward Scott Files. And she raised holy hell about it. Doesn't, doesn't change anything. Doesn't change anything. So when you see these little snippets, oh, so-and-so said she heard so-and-so say Clinton likes them young. What are you going to do about it? 
president of the United States. In Hamlet, Claudius the king says, and this is the way Shakespeare addresses it, never did a king sigh, but with a general groan. Think about that one. Have a great weekend. Warthog Command Center out.